Hi, and thanks for downloading this episode of Queer I Am, the podcast. I really hope you enjoy it. This podcast started as a small idea and has turned into a real passion project for me and is something that I wish to continue to make way into the future, but I need your help in doing so. So there is a cost in making Queer I Am, the podcast, and it's something that I funded and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. But if you'd like to get involved and support the podcast by subscribing to Acast Plus, that would be incredible. And if this is something you can't do, no worries at all. I really hope you keep enjoying the episodes and I intend to keep making them for as long as possible. Season three is coming up and you are in for an absolute treat. I am so, so excited. If you'd like to support the podcast, details of how you can do this are in the blurb of the episode you were listening to. And what this also means is you get to listen to all of the episodes of Queer I Am The Podcast, past and future, completely ad-free. So no interruptions whatsoever. What could be better? Anyway, enough of the serious blurb. Let's crack on with the show. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I am thrilled to be talking to today's guest. Emma Goswell is a broadcaster, radio presenter, writer, podcaster, and now an author. I know of Emma from her incredible podcast and book, Coming Out Stories, and I'm so pleased we've been able to connect and make this episode happen. Just for your information, this was recorded via Zoom, so the audio quality isn't the best, but it doesn't take away the fact that this is an incredible conversation. Please welcome to the podcast, Emma Goswell. So whatever you're up to, this is your time to settle down, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Queer I Am. So Emma, thank you so much for being a guest on season two of Queer I Am, the podcast. I've been looking forward to this episode. Uh, I'm recording with you, so it's a real pleasure. 
Oh, it's an honour to be asked. Yes, thank uh, you. It's amazing. And obviously we know each other from me following your work and uh, reading your book and also listening to coming out stories, which we'll talk about in a bit more detail um, throughout the podcast. But if we um, talk about how you're feeling today, so if you had to yes. pick a song to reflect your mood, what would your song be? Well, now, ironically, for someone that doesn't particularly like musicals, when you just asked me that question, the first song that popped into my head was something from a very, very long time ago. And there's a okay. reason why I've picked this song. This isn't a song I particularly like, but this um, signifies my day, really. Okay. And it is Food, Glorious Food. <laughs> food, Glorious Food. Have you had lots of food uh, today or not enough? No, I'll tell you why. Well, right now I'm quite, I'm starving hungry. I've been making a cottage pie, but because I'm oh, chatting gosh. to you, I haven't got time to eat it. So oh, my, my, it's all right. I've had a little sneaky taster portion. <laughs> and my girlfriend is currently next door eating the said cottage pie while watching MasterChef. Oh. And this morning, we went to the, um, Baby Neve's first ever weaning class, which if you don't know what that means, okay. uh, it means when you've got to stop giving your baby milk and then start giving them food and how you, yeah, how you do that process and how you introduce food. So this, mm -hmm. so this afternoon, I found myself feeding Baby Neve um, boiled, mashed up cauliflower, which wow. for her first meal, I and mean, we must be awful parents, I mean, that's a terrible meal <laughs> to give a, a poor child as her first solid meal, isn't it, really? I so, remember my niece and nephew growing up, actually, and I remember when they were babies, I remember my sister-in-law making, like, little portions of broccoli and yeah. cauliflower and stuff, and then put them in the freezer, yeah. and then you just heat them up and in the microwave, and it's dinner for them. Um, yeah, you've obviously been on the same course I was on this morning, yeah, that's yes, what you do. I've yeah. got four nieces and nephews, so I've seen them all kind of grow up. But, um, yeah, you've got to puree yeah. it all and then put it in ice cubes trays yeah. and then you keep them for, for you know future oh, consumption yeah the cauliflower the worst one for the nappy though come on that's just I don't know what, the smell. Well, it's all right because what was hilarious. I just found it hilarious because you know it's such as everything you have to as a baby you have to learn new. So the skill of getting food from the front mm -hmm. of her tongue to the back and then swallowing it, she doesn't know what's going on. So yeah. about one percent of that cauliflower went down her throat. The rest she just spat <laughs> out. She chewed it around her mouth and spat it out, and her facial expressions were absolutely priceless. I was just in hysterics, just laughing oh. at just laughing at this poor child not eating cauliflower. And then probably anyway. really hungry because she's not eating her. Face. <laughs> yeah, so that's my day, really. Yeah, food, glorious oh, food, because my day has just been punctuated by food all oh. day. And how old is Neve now? Uh, she's just turned six months. Oh, yeah, incredible. so exciting. And I mean, we've just talked about this, um, you know, without recording. But um, I saw loads of your pictures on uh, Twitter at Pride in Manchester, and some of the outfits she was wearing were just absolutely stunning. So well, was it lovely to take her to Pride? I, I mean, you have to make an effort, don't you, if mm. you are a gay family with a mm. baby? Um, you know, you ha I've always wanted to go to to Pride as a family, and because yeah. I was there. What I love about Pride is is always the parade and the fact that there are families and kids and babies yeah. and everybody's there enjoying it so Absolutely. That's i mean so Unfortunately, Manchester Pride was a disaster because my girlfriend couldn't get into the viewing area because the lift had broken for where she was supposed to go and watch it. But she did oh, look... No. She would have looked great uh, had oh. she been there. Um, she had little jeans on and a T-shirt that said, My First Pride, and, oh, a little, and a little leather jacket, which clearly is not <laughs> clearly not real leather. Um, but then we took her to Didsbury Pride and she has got some dungarees, which are black, but rainbow trims with her wow. own name across the front. So personalised rainbow dungarees. That is amazing. That's super cool. I th I'm quite jealous of children's clothes, actually, sometimes. I like when yeah. my niece and nephews have been dressed up before, I've thought, God, that's a really nice outfit. Why is that yeah. not my size? <laughs> well, and I keep thinking, it's like, at what age, you know, it, do you have to stop wearing ridiculous clothing? Like, my daughter is next door wearing trousers that are 
green and white stripes on one leg, blue and white stripes on the other leg, and a picture of the cow, a cow on her arse. Uh, I mean, that's just fun, isn't it? Clothing's so boring for adults. It is. I think no. until she's about ten, you can dress her like that. Yeah, it's, you know, I think so. Fine. Yeah, yeah exactly. It. I want <laughs> a cow. She objects at one point, so just go with it until she does. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. where did you grow up, Emma, and where do you call home now? So that is quite a long, drawn-out um, conversation for me, and I okay. consider Manchester my home now. Okay. But when people ask me where I'm from, I quite often just resort to saying I'm a nomad because my parents... Oh, well, I was born in Guildford okay. uh, in a hospital, which is no longer a maternity hospital, apparently, and I only lived in this country for a couple of months, and then we went to the Caribbean. Oh, wow. That's, that's where my parents were... Uh, living and working. My dad was working. I was actually conceived in Antigua. But my mother selfishly decided she'd come back to the UK to have her first child. So I have been denied an Antiguan passport. Yeah, my goodness. So I could could be Caribbean, basically. I always say I'm part Caribbean. No, she decided to have me here. And then we went back to the Caribbean. And my parents always said to me, oh, you went on, we went on the geese ship. And I always thought it was a ship full of geese. But actually, no, (laughs) geese is a brand of bananas. And we were on, we didn't fly. I I still don't fully understand this, but the company my dad worked for, which is a big international company, um, Cable and Wireless. So he worked in the telephone industry. Oh, okay. And they would always, if they were posting people abroad, they'd make them sail there. Christ knows why. Probably because it was cheaper. Yeah. So uh, my first trip to the other side of the Atlantic was aged about two months old on a ship full of bananas and just a handful of crew and a very small select um, proportion of foot passengers, me, my mum and my dad. Wow. And the story that they always tell is that they were up having having dinner with the captain, as you do. Uh-huh. And, and then they came back, and it was a big storm, and they came back to my cabin. And my cabin was going from one side of the room to the other, and I was just rolling... Uh, sorry, my cot was rolling from one side of the cabin to the other. Wow. And I was just rolling up and down the cot and somehow survived. I don't know how. My mother said wow. she just, just like stuffed a few pillows around me, then probably went off to have another gin yeah. tonic with the yeah. captain. Yeah. yeah, dessert's ready. We need to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my God, so I actually, I actually grew up in the Caribbean. Wow. And how long were you there I mean, for? We were there. Well, we were in um, Antigua to begin with, I assume. And then we were in... I, I actually do not know the chronology of where I was at what ages, but then okay. I remember being in St. Lucia when I first went to school. Wow. Um, which was, yeah, it's it was out, out, it literally was out of this world. We had a climbing, my dad built us a climbing frame in the garden wow. and we could look out over, uh, and was, our garden was about a one in ten incline, it was like a vertical hill basically, mm. but we could look out over Castries, which is the capital of St. Lucia, out to the Caribbean Sea and we'd sit wow. there and eat, eat our sandwiches looking out over the Caribbean Sea I mean it was just yeah and, that and, and Gilford, doesn't it I mean it does really doesn't it really yeah, it, yeah. Does. it does it does and, and now you're and in the, Manchester it's kind of like that's where you're based right now um, yes it is when luckily I've lost the Caribbean accents because that would have just looked weird on a white person wouldn't it I would have just did you have a Caribbean accent apparently I did have a Caribbean accent wow, yeah okay. for, a little, for a little while but I 
pick up and lose accents very quickly. But we also lived in the Middle East for quite a lot of time in my childhood. So Wow, my goodness. That's incredible. Um, it must have been really lovely for you culturally to kind of experience so many different cultures and different, yeah, different people. And Exactly. There's nothing, there's nothing more grounding than being woken up at 5am every morning hearing the mullah calling all good Muslims to prayer. And that's wow. the sound of my childhood is just wow. hearing the call to prayer and just wow. lying there in bed listening to... And it's a, a beautiful hypnotic sound, which I love to this day actually yeah, yeah that's really incredible and so how does manchester compare have you been there very long or how long have you well funnily there? enough when i first moved to manchester i discovered rush home and i wanted to live in rush home because it reminded me of my childhood i was like okay. oh my god this is brilliant mm. so we've got these amazing sari shops and indian sweet shops and it was like being in the souk in the 1970s in abu dhabi mm. or, or bahrain uh, which is where we lived but um yeah so it's it's very but i th- that's maybe partly why I'm attracted to Manchester or cities. Mm-hmm. Is that I, mm-hmm. I want to be somewhere that is very culturally and ethnically yeah. diverse. Really, I don't want to be somewhere where I'm just surrounded by all white people. To be honest, I want to be somewhere where there are different communities and people with different backgrounds and languages and cultures. Yeah. I find I, it fascinating. It's interesting, absolutely. Mm. And I think I think it's it's great to surround yourself with different people, and because I think you know everyone from different walks of life will bring so much you know, to your life. Um, You know, I've got friends from different cultures and different backgrounds and you have different things in common with different people. And I think it can only enrich you really, can't it? So that's amazing. Wow, what an experience. That's incredible. So Manchester, obviously, you know, it goes without saying, great queer scene in Manchester. Um, For you, you know, you obviously, um, you know, have a daughter with your, your girlfriend. How is that living in Manchester, being parents? Do you find it really quite lovely being around the scene and uh, being amongst the community? I mean, how is it for you? Well, in terms of being a mother, um, yeah, being a queer person and also a mother. Uh, well, I'm being an, an older, older queer person, an older mother. I mean, I've been coming to Manchester's um, gay scene, as it were. I was drawn to Manchester when I was a student in Liverpool, and we used to okay. get the we used to get the minibus over with um, what used to be called the Lesbian and Gay Society before I made them change their name to Lesbian, Gay and Bisexual Society. I'm sure the T's and the Q's are added in there now, but at the yeah. time it was just the Lesbian and Gay Society. And we used to get the minibus over um, and go out to places like the Thompson Arms and... Um, well, that was the first place I went, Churchill's yeah. and all these places. And then we'd go to the Hacienda. We used to go to Flesh at the Hacienda, which was the gay night on a Tuesday night. And Amazing. yeah, M- Manchester was the place to be. Uh-huh. Well, compared to Liverpool in the 90s, which was a bit, you know, down on its luck and the gay scene mm. wasn't very great. So Manchester mm. was like, just, I was like a kid in a candy shop, you know, yeah. coming, coming, coming to Manchester as a student, really. So no, yeah. absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it, yeah. And, and and now as an older, you know, 51-year-old lesbian, as a parent, you know, it's a great place to be because there are LGBT parenting groups. We're part mm-hmm. of a group called Proud to be Parents and they organise various different events and support groups and, yeah. you know, it's... it's I mean, we go to lots of different um, baby groups as well. In fact, we went the, the weaning group we went to this morning. What are the chances of this? We were like, we'll be the only gay parents again, won't we? <laughs> no, there were lesbians there that had triplets. Wow! Ima- I, mean, I still can't stop thinking about them because wow, they must never get a moment's rest. No, triplets I, are a lot, aren't they? It's, oh um, my God, they are a lot. Mm, How? Three they got- all at once and feeding. It must be incredibly stressful. 
they had this amazing these amazing gadgets where they'd sort of prop a bottle up around this thing that went around their necks and they prop a bottle up so it would just go it would like filter into the baby's mouth without them having wow. to hold it I mean you have to watch that they weren't choking obviously but you, <laughs> yeah. couldn't, you couldn't leave the room but they had yeah. these amazing gadgets so I was like this is amazing yeah. how are these women coping it's incredible my um, brother-in-law um, has just had twins and he's got a daughter who's four and a son that's two as well so four under four and um it's a well-oiled machine it really is it's like we went around there a few months ago and it was just like he had the older two she had the twins and she's breastfeeding as well so there's just so much kind of going on and but it re they have really got it down they know what they're doing they've got a routine it's incredible to watch like i was in awe of them i was quite but, when i left i was thankful i was like oh my goodness i'm i'm glad that that isn't yeah my reality you because you know it's it looks pretty stressful but credit to them they were amazing so so good Oh, they, should, they should have parents of twins and triplets like running countries and running armies, shouldn't they? Really, because yeah. it's like you've got to have military precision, haven't you? Really, to you get them, just to leave the house in the morning. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. So, I first became of your work uh, aware of your work, I guess, from uh, Coming Out Stories, um, which is the podcast um, which I listened to earlier in the year. And I'm, I was probably quite late to the party because you're now on season four, so I'm yeah. caught up. But um, I go through these phases, and even though I'm making a podcast myself, sometimes I like stick to what I know, and then I'll kind have a snoop and find new ones and i think it's just whatever when you've got time really isn't it but i discovered coming out stories um because we moved to brighton last year um so we live right near the sea and i was doing lots of walks on the beach and that kind of stuff in the summer and i was just really inspired and i was like i'd like to see what other queer podcasts are out there and i absolutely loved it so congratulations oh. it's an amazing podcast and obviously you've got the book as well which supports it which is just fantastic it's um, yeah it's mind-blowing to be honest to think that we've got a book out of it because you know you do these things for a passion we never did it to make any money whatsoever mm. we've made we haven't made a single you spend money doing podcasts you don't do. you really you, do. you don't actually make any money really unless you're one of the one of the big ones really uh -huh. so we'd, we've done it well we're coming up to our four-year anniversary actually we started it four years ago yeah 2018 we started it's amazing um, so to get a book deal out of it was uh, incredible yeah yeah. yeah, very, very unexpected. In fact, when we got the email from the publisher, we thought it was a scam. Really? <laughs> like, like nobody gets an email offering them a book deal, but we did. Yeah. No. And I think the, the stories are so beautiful. I mean, I when I obviously I'm going to be on the podcast for season four, and it was you are. Like, it was a bit like therapy. It was a bit kind of you kind of I don't know you you just start unleashing your story and kind of talking quite openly and it's i think you make a really safe environment for people to share their stories and that definitely came across on the episodes that i've i've listened to but Good. how easy it is it to get people to to open up and you know do you have any way you think okay this is not going to be as open as maybe other ones that i've recorded yeah i don't know what it is but i seem to always get people to open up i just seem mm -hmm. to always i'm just one of them people that people seem to want to tell things to like even if i'm not working and i'm on the, uh, getting the bus then i'll sit next to someone who wants to start sharing things with me i don't i might maybe got that sort of face i don't know um but i've never had a problem with people opening up and yeah, yeah. i well, I don't know. I've, I've not done any courses on being a therapist or being a counsellor, but people do seem to want to tell me things. I don't. Mm. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I th hopefully, I think it's just about because I, mean, I do teach interview techniques. I think it's about just being interested. Mm. I think that's a very simple technique and a skill or a, or a quality that you have to have as a journalist. Yeah, is just being interested. And I am the most nosy bastard in the world, and I genuinely am fascinated by other people and their stories. And I will 
really hang on every, people's every word and just want to hear it. And I think that's what most people want. They want to be yeah. able to, to tell their stories, particularly if it's been a difficult childhood or a difficult coming out. People want to be heard and people mm. relish the chance of telling their stories, e even if it's difficult. You know, and I've, I've lost count of the amount of grown men I've made cry, but, you know, mm. I don't think it's me making them cry. It's just, you know, that hopefully they've felt in a safe enough environment that they can tell those stories and can open up. And... You know, I pause and say, you know, if you want me to cut those bits out or if you, you know, you want to stop mm -hmm. for a bit, then then we can. But, you know, actually we try and keep them in because that's really poignant and that's powerful and it's real. Yeah, you know, I think it shows people actually what, you know, what someone goes through. If someone's yeah. listening, they're not in the community and they're an ally or they're just interested in the podcast you then step into someone else's shoes don't you and understand what you know they may have gone through i think it's incredibly important and, and obviously i'm sure people will know by by listening by now but this is a coming out stories podcast so it's, it's essentially people sharing their stories and about their coming out experience in their life now and you know how things have changed for them and how they've grown and the things they've learned all that kind of stuff mm. i think for me when moving to Brighton, I definitely found my tribe. I think that's something that was really missing from mm. my life. And I didn't realize it was missing until I got here. And I think maybe in some way people resonate with that on the podcast, because when you're talking to another queer person about something, you know, they will understand because they've probably been in that situation. I mm. think it naturally helps us relax and feel at ease. Yeah. Um, whereas if we're sharing that story with someone who's cis, uh, cisgender straight person, you know, they may not understand completely what you're going through. And that's no disrespect, but it's about lived experience, isn't it? Yeah, and hopefully I can bring that to the table. But what, what's been really interesting to me is how, you know, I didn't really know why I was doing it other than someone suggested it and said it'd be a good idea and I went along with it. But the more we did it, the more I realised what the point was behind it. And that was to have something there that was available for people to listen free of charge, just to hear how other people's lives had panned out, really. Because, mm -hmm. and hopefully whoever you are, you know, whether you're a young trans man or an older lesbian or mm -hmm. a middle-aged bisexual person non-binary person or whoever you are there'll be a yeah. story that will resonate mm, with you absolutely. and you'll get some sort of solace or not necessarily answers but some sort of information or just some sort of sense of solidarity and and you know an, an understanding of what might happen were you to come out mm -hmm. and i've had so many messages of young people who have really benefited from listening to stories on the podcast it's mm -hmm. that is the reason that we do it because we know that it is really helpful to people and people are getting real comfort from it so yeah absolutely i just, interviewed someone at the beginning of the podcast actually um a guy called Liren Notik, and he's from israel and he said that you know when he was discovering who he was as a teenager he googled you know queer life gay life and it was just horror stories on the internet and it's like there was <sighs> nothing positive out there to feel that he could be represented or could identify with so i think having podcasts like yours like mine other podcasts out there it does give people an opportunity to listen to other stories and and you know people relate to them and they don't feel so alone it's it's just so important yes. isn't it oh it is i mean the same when i used to work for gaydio and we remember we had an email once from a gay man living in iran and again he just googled you know, gay stuff and found gay dear and started listening. And that was the only thing that he could do mm -hmm. to sort of celebrate his sexuality or understand his sexuality more because he's living in a country where it's very <laughs> illegal. Yeah. And there are very, very bad repercussions for, for coming out as gay or trans. Yeah, so, absolutely. you know, pe people really do find 
these radio stations and these podcasts and listen all over the place. I tell you what, this is a funny fact um, that blew my mind. Where you only have, I don't know if you look up your podcast charts and where people are listening all around the world. Well, we were the most listened to relationships podcast um this was a couple of years ago i don't know what the details are now but we were the most listened to relationships podcast in tajikistan i didn't even wow. know it was a country i had wow. to look it up <laughs> i was like who are these people in tajikistan but i know brilliant it's i'm just a, it? it's just blown blew my mind that mm, i've had downloads in zimbabwe and south africa and um like japan and and it's like there's places where you know queer rights just aren't in some of those countries just aren't there and it's like mm-hmm. wow if there's even two people listening but those two people get something and, and feel less alone how wonderful is it to make art where you can influence people like that it's just incredible isn't it well Every single person I've spoken to, if they've come out like um, in prior decades, like myself, who came up in the 80s, um, people always say, you know, I was scared to come out because I didn't see myself represented. Mm. You know, things have changed a lot in the last decade and in the last two decades. But, mm. you know, back in the 80s and even the 90s, there weren't loads of gay people on TV. There weren't, there wasn't, there was no trans representation at all, mm. really. And you didn't, you saw lesbians being serial killers, but, you know, you never really saw positive representation. So just having normal people, having normal conversations who happen to be LGBT, whether it be on TV, mm. radio or podcasts, is vitally important and especially for people in those countries who you know might not have anything on their tv screens that is allowed to be lgbt i mean look how many countries are doing things like banning certain disney programs or netflix shows because they show some sort of lgbt representation it's crazy crazy, isn't it and it's like we've always been here people we're never going away it's like you know there will be people in your country that are going to be queer regardless if you take that off the television or not. Just, you know, it, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, for me, I think this has been said so many times, but I think we never stop coming out as queer people, do we? You know, um, I think whether you start a new job, whether you meet new friends, whether you, I don't know, your life changes in some kind of way, you meet different people, there's an almost an expectation that you, you're going to have to, I don't know, identify who you are or talk about your partner and, I, and I, I think over the years, I've really tried to normalise those conversations because it used to kind of give me a bit of anxiety back in the day when I was younger. I'd, I'd say, right, I've got to mention my husband at some point or <laughs> because, you know, and you shouldn't have to feel like that. But I think it's almost like um, once all the cards are on the table, you can then feel comfortable. Yes. I mean, do you think that this is something that will ever change and, and how we can, you know, how can we kind of evolve the conversation and change the narrative so that coming out is a bit, a bit of a thing of the past? Because I guess it's great to tell stories and it's great for people to educate others but for people that are queer it can be quite exhausting can't it yeah that's well that's a difficult question but it's the fact that the world is heteronormative so everybody assumes that everybody else is straight and Mm. everybody else is cisgendered and it you know this is part of the solution isn't it just having more and more of these conversations and more and more representation but it's really interesting it's like we are guilty of it ourselves so i had a really interesting conversation with my girlfriend she said god when those two other women turned up at the baby group i just assumed that she'd bought her friends so she could help with the babies and i didn't I didn't assume straight away that they might be a couple. And we're a lesbian couple with a baby. And we're looking at other women going, oh, that could be her friend, you know. It's so ingrained in Mm. all of us. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So if we're doing that as lesbians, and probably other gay people are doing that as well, you're looking at people and going, oh, I'm assuming that's their partner, or or Mm -hmm. you're assuming... People make assumptions all the time. Until we can stop doing that, until we can stop having this heteronormativity... I think I made that word up. I, I like down it, our, with it. <laughs> <laughs> shoved down our throat. So I, I think it's always going to be a bit of a, oh, yeah, you're, you're gay. Oh, you're bisexual. Oh, I think it's always going to be a bit of a thing. Yeah, definitely. Do you find in, because obviously in Manchester, I guess there is a, a big scene. It, I definitely feel a lot more comfortable here in Brighton. Do you feel it's less of a thing there than maybe somewhere else that you've, other places you've bit, visited? But, I mean, cities are made up of small communities, aren't they? That's what mm. they say about New York. It's basically a city full of villages, isn't it, really? And yeah, some of, of some of those villages have quite parochial attitudes and traditional values, don't they? So mm. you don't have to go very far to go and find people who are having terrible experiences within a city. And I know this from my podcast. You know, I interviewed uh, a Muslim guy who was thrown out of home because his teacher outed him to his mother... Was terrible. Uh, told his mother that he was gay, which surely uh, I don't understand how that could possibly happen. Mm. Um, 
but that is what happened and he was made homeless you know I, wow. I, I work for the Albert Kennedy Trust and do some volunteering with them they are there because so many people in, they started in Manchester they're now national but so many young people are being thrown out of their homes or denied a family to support them because they're LGBT yeah, yeah and, and these are people that are walking amongst us but they're in a city but they might as well be in Tajikistan do you know what I mean yeah absolutely I also I work with I work with a young person from the travelling community, lived in, you know, a suburb of Manchester that is very multicultural, very forward-thinking, could never come out to his family. Mm. No, it's just not accepted in the travelling community, but they Mm. are here in Manchester. So, you know, it really... Depends who you are, I guess. It really does. Yeah. It really does. You just mentioned the Albert Kennedy Trust, and uh, I think it's an amazing charity, and we should plug that on this podcast as well, because... um, they do some great work and if you know we've got christmas coming up and the festive season Mm. um, and all that kind of stuff and they do amazing um kind of gifts where you can donate i don't know 50 quid or something and get someone a a medical check and a room for the night if they're homeless and that kind of stuff so if anyone's at a loss of what to get people for christmas or you know just want to donate something to an amazing charity the alba kennedy trust do such good work for um lgbt um q um homeless youth don't they it's just it's incredible yeah, I think they're called AKT now. I think I might AKT, be getting, I, I yeah, might get it wrong, but just yeah, to make I it e- yeah. just to make it easier to remember. But yeah, AKT. you should get you should get Tim on their CEO. He's very good. He wrote the foreword to our book actually, and oh, he's, really? uh, he's very good value. And as you can imagine, yeah, um, it's an amazing charity. They do so much great stuff, and it's just it's surprising. Like I think you could donate something like a hundred pounds, and it will get people a room for ninety days. I'm, I may be making this up, but so <laughs> don't quote me on this. And I'm sorry, AKT, if I'm getting these stats wrong, but it was something ridiculous, like a small sum of money, which I know can be a lot of money to some people, but it really can save someone's life. It can get them medical Mm. care, it can get them a room where they're in a safe space and they're not in Mm. danger. And it's all these things that we we don't really think about. Um, And and again, a reason why these podcasts are so important so they can, you know, put a lens on this kind of stuff and why it's so urgently needed. Mm. Um, So I guess in in that vein, speaking about allyship, so we always talk about allyship on this podcast. Um, Mm. It's something that i I think is is very very important inside of our community but also to other communities and also inside our community or to our community from people outside of the community as well so that's quite a mouthful but what do you think people can do if they are looking to be an ally to the queer community or they're looking to help other people what can they do to support and um and, and show up essentially well, we're just talking about heteronormativity, weren't we? So just mm. don't assume yes. that the world is straight and the world is cisgendered. Just don't assume it, you know, mm. and don't don't assume people's pronouns. Maybe ask people's pronouns. Pronouns are really important to our uh, trans and non-binary friends. Absolutely. You know, if you've got a header under your email or maybe on your Twitter profile, put your pronouns on. The more people that keep doing it, the more it normalises it. Absolutely. So that's a really simple way that you can support the trans community. Uh, and... You know, when it's safe to do so, call out, call out the hatred, call out the sort of so-called insignificant homophobia whereby people might go, oh, that's so gay, meaning it's bad. It's not okay to say crap like that. It really isn't, you know, and unfortunately, you know, you might be in a circle whether it's at work or maybe on public transport or maybe it's at a football match or wherever it is, it's not okay. And right. you should be able to report it to, to authorities and they should be able to do something about it. I mean, don't do it if you, you don't feel safe, if you're you know on a street on your own and you're outnumbered. But if it's safe to do so, call it out. Mm. You know, 
I think someone calling something out or just kind of saying to someone, are you okay? That means such the world, doesn't it? Because, you know, we've all been in situations where we've faced homophobia or sly comments where you think, okay, there's an intention with that comment that someone's just made and it makes you feel rubbish. And then someone does kind of say, are you okay? I heard that. I I don't agree. Can I do something to help? Even if they don't feel they can call it out, but they can be there for you. That's such a powerful, powerful thing. And I think as a queer person, it just it really validates your experience, doesn't it? And it makes you feel heard and seen. And, you know, I think when it's ignored, it you can feel like the only person, you know, that noticed something. And then you think, is it me? Am I, am I making something out of nothing? And generally yeah. speaking, you're not, um, you know. It's, no, it's, it's all important stuff. There's there's little things that everyone can do on a daily basis, I think, really, to, yeah. be, a good, to be a good ally. And we, we wouldn't be anywhere without our allies, you know. Absolutely. The same, the same way the suffragettes wouldn't have got the vote without the men that supported them you know absolutely what about our community in terms of change what would you like to see change in the next 12 months within the queer community within the next 12 months that's very specific Andrew. well i I, I mean i'm I'm hopeful i'm like let's make things happen in 12 months (laughs) is there anything you think okay i'd you know really like to see that progress or just even the conversation starting in a different way about something I mean, I quite like to see a return to grassroots prides, and I know Manchester Pride has been criticised a lot in the past, and they did make big inroads into changing their structure. But I got a lot more enjoyment and fun out of Didsbury Pride, which is in a little church, and it's, oh, it's wow. like a, it's uh, you know people selling jams and cakes in a church garden. And I'd like to see a lot more small community prides that are really for the people, and it's not about the big corporates, and it's not about uh-huh. big big organisations just putting their pride banner up for the month of june thinking they're doing something it's you know it's a pride that is for the community and for lgbt people and for the people that live in that community to understand the lgbt community better so i'd I'd like to see a bit of a return to pride as it used to be i think yeah that's really good i like that do you know it's funny um brighton pride it was my first like big big pride this year Um, brighton was amazing it was so cool um but it was you know there was a lot of commercial elements to it and obviously you know that brings in money and it's great for the funding and all that kind of stuff um but i i do get where you're coming from but one thing that really stuck with me actually was there are a lot of people there that aren't part of the community but they were there to celebrate pride which is wonderful you know they Mm -hmm. buy a ticket the money goes into the fund it's great but i remember this girl saying to me you know what does all this mean and i i just just a bit kind of gobsmacked i was like well i can't believe you're here celebrating but you don't really understand the reasons behind it and Mm. i think that's that's something that's really important for me it's even if the big commercial stuff still happens, let's keep talking about why it's important to have it so that people that do attend, whether they're in the community or not, really truly understand it. Because I think sometimes that narrative can get lost, can't it? And people don't really get it, you I th- know? I think that can get lost at something as big as Brighton Pride. And I think they're a bit mm. guilty of it as well. The parade is brilliant. But then by the time you get to the um, event in the park, it's basically a festival. Yeah. And, a mu- and a, you know, it's a fairground and a music festival. And mm. there's very little to tell you that you're at an LGBT event. So, like the last time i went britney spears was on so you're going to go if you're a britney spears fan you're not going to care about pride necessarily yeah. about pride or gay people or you know you're, you're yeah. going to see some of the big acts mm. um which is fine and it's it's great but i don't it's not pride as it was intended yeah i don't yeah, think i understand and, and if people are still there saying oh what's all this about i don't stand it and if people are let in who are homophobic or transphobic then you know and, and it does happen at liverpool pride this year people got queer bashed leaving liverpool pride i mean it's just horrific you know it's still still going on i heard that about manchester pride this year someone was talking to me about it and saying that this year they really tried to um 
be more diverse and more inclusive and actually it wasn't just about the corporate I, mean, I don't know whether you've got a different view but there was a lot more kind of um integration and different communities coming together and it was a lot more inclusive did you, was that your experience or not, not particularly no oh, i mean okay. I, I know they did pare it down a lot so they didn't have the big names like Ariana grande or years and yeah. years you know they had i think they had mel c was the biggest name not that mel oh. c is not that mel c is not big but She's you know what i mean favorite. is She's she my, oh my god i love mel c so much her book is amazing if anyone wants to read a oh. memoir who i am is incredible just finished it yeah she's my fave uh, okay yeah, yeah she's lovely she's lovely actually yeah um yeah so it was a lot it was a lot smaller and the stage i spoke to um drag queen danny beard who was curating the the main stage and it was a lot more about sort of smaller acts or locally grown acts and yeah. untapped talent really yeah. which is nice which is what it should be really i think yeah, a bit, bit more alternative really so yeah so that that had changed in terms of manchester pride but in terms of being lots more communities i didn't see I it wouldn't, I, I didn't notice it particularly no, but i only went to the parade i tried to avoid spending much time in the village yeah well i did the um the street party in in brighton and um it was exhausting. Like the next day we went to the park because it was like, um, I think Sophie Ellis Bexter was playing and Paloma Faith and a few others. And we thought we'll go along. It's our first one. We'll just see what's going on. But by about six o'clock in the evening, we were exhausted. We was like, let's go to to bed. Honestly, I was, I was so tired. I think I can't do it anymore. It's just, and how old are you? 38. It's terrible. Stop it. Andrew. Oh my God. Well, at 51, um, I'm definitely too old for that. (laughs) Well, maybe you should come, come next year. We'll meet up at Brighton Bride. and uh, Yeah. Try and create a more of a community feel, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we'll have a little spin-off somewhere in a little yeah, tiny park. Definitely, yeah. we'll go to one of the gardens near the flats. We'll, we'll do that. We'll, that that'd yeah. be good. <laughs> we'll just have a barbecue and a little picnic or something like that. Yeah, well, I think that is lovely, though, isn't it? Because you're, you're right, and actually, maybe that's something that people lis- are listening if they're local should aspire to do as well. I'm, and I'm sure there's local gatherings and parties that I just don't know about, but. I do think those small communities coming together, especially if you've got a really close group of friends within the community that you really love and love hanging with, mm. that can be just as special as going to a massive event, can't it? You know, it's yeah, absolutely. It's about who you're with. And what I love about Manchester is, yes, of course you've got Manchester Pride, which is the biggie, but um, we went Stockport Pride, there's also um, Rochdale Pride, Oldham Pride, Berry Pride, Wigan Pride, um, even Levenshume Pride. It's amazing. Um, So all these little sort of boroughs and smaller places are having prides as well which is how it should be yeah Yeah, absolutely thank you so much for that i really enjoyed that uh, conversation i do have a quick fire round for you if that's okay and then i'll let you go and have your cottage pie because um it sounds uh sounds amazing by the way can i ask do you have gravy on it well it's got a sauce with it it's cooked in a sauce isn't it i think there's worcester there's worcester sauce in it i might i might be really dirty and add some brown sauce favorite thing to do oh, oh my yeah. god you're speaking my language i have yeah. loads of gravy and then brown sauce dipped in the mm. oh my god amazing mm. this week mm. i've been having loads of cheese toasties with barbecue sauce delicious seriously what? no i'm trying to, i'm trying to lose weight i will not be eating bread but thank you <laughs> i'm bread cheese and sauce and butter <laughs> terrible winter's on the way we need to stock up <laughs> <laughs> i've got enough rolls of lard from the last lockdown to get rid of god so yeah. quick fire um your queer icon I don't know why Jodie Foster just popped into my head. I'm sure there's better ones. She's not even been out for very long, has she? Uh, hang on, let me think of a better one. Ah! Well, she, she can be your icon. I mean, I guess it's it's courageous thing to do to come out in later life, isn't it? And, you know. Oh, my life. God. Who's my queer icon? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, maybe I should go someone that people keep 
comparing me to and saying that, oh, you sound just like her. I don't. I'm not that old and I'm not Danish. Sandy Toxvig. She's cool. She's really cool. Yeah. I think you sound like Sandy Toxvig. No, thank you. I don't at all, actually. No. no. Maybe no. it was when I used to read the news I sounded a bit posher. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, your queer anthem. Oh, You're out at Pride, the sun comes on, you can't help but dance to it. What would that be? Oh, well, I do have a memory. I mean, I am what I am, obviously, that's a classic. Mm. But I do have a memory of being at, at London Pride and then walking through Soho and wham, Freedom were pla- was oh, playing. Amazing. And it was just so good. And I, I think George Michael hadn't long passed. And I just remember having this moment going, oh, George Michael. <laughs> It's such a loss, isn't it? And everyone just singing and raising their arms in the street and singing Freedom. It was just so beautiful. Yeah. At the bottom of Kemptown, we've got like um, at the Sussex Beacon, which is the um, AIDS and HIV charity um, locally, we've got like a charity shop. And um, there's a massive mural of um, Freddie Mercury on the side of it. And every time I walk past that, I just go, oh, "Oh, Freddie. (laughs) Because it's like these great queer artists that just went before they should have gone, you know? It's just... Such a shame, but um, that's an awesome track. I love Freedom. It's such a good yeah, song. Big fan of Freddie as well, of course. Yeah, of course. A Who podcast you wish you'd pre- sorry. A podcast you wish you'd presented. Oh. Hmm. Oh, what? Just because you've listened and you thought it was a really good one? Yeah. Or you, yeah, you thought, yeah, God, I wish that was mine. Oh. Well, one of the first podcasts I ever listened to is a. Uh, a really obscure one called Shit Town. It's not obscure, it's quite it's massive actually. Okay. Um and it's just the way that it's just such a mad story but so brilliantly told and the investigative journalism that went behind it and the amount of work that went behind it, it was just incredible. So Amazing. Yeah, Shit Town. Oh, well, S Town it's called. I think because it was American. They didn't want okay. to say Shit Town. Oh. <laughs> you could rebrand it if you join yeah. in. Absolutely. Yeah. Your biggest bugbear well, this sounds a bit topical, but I hate queues. I hate queues. I just, I just don't think they should exist, and people should be more organised and spread things out more. I just, just don't think they should exist at all. I was thinking, why, why is it topical? And then I realised what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, the queue. Yeah, yeah. No, I, someone asked me on Twitter, "Did you join the queue?" I was like, "No, I didn't join the queue." No, I <laughs> no, no, I didn't either. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean, though, and I, I, I hate waiting. Sometimes I try and be that person that goes. Be mindful. Try and enjoy the moment. And then I'm like, oh my God, can someone just ha- like, hurry up at the self-service checkout? Like, it doesn't yes, take I know. I'm, s- <laughs> I'm so impatient. I really am so impatient. <laughs> Finish the sentence. Being a parent is... The greatest adventure on earth. Oh, that's lovely. That's so nice. Do you know, so many people that I watch interviews with say that. They say it's the hardest one, but equally like the most beautiful one as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, it really is. It's yeah. um, something I wanted for a very long time, and it took me to the age of 50. That's amazing. Before I got, you can imagine how long my parents have waited for grandchildren. They are oh. ecstatic. So there's neither <laughs> only grandchild? Yes. Oh. They waited a long, long time. Oh, yes. that's lovely. That's so nice. Oh, yes. Well, h- hang on. Neve Abigail Frieda Goswell, give her her full official name. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> amazing. That's so great. Yeah. A movie you hated. Grace 2 Oh yeah, I never watched it I just don't think I bothered Absolute pile of pants, wasn't it? That's why I don't think anyone watched it Because the first one was so good So iconic Yeah, exactly You couldn't beat it, could you really? R.I.P. Olivia Oh, that was so sad, wasn't it? So sad, so sad A movie you loved 
Grease one. <laughs> Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Oh, I've not heard of that. Oh, you must go and find out about that. Oh, really? And I think I've only watched it once as well, and I really want to see it. Davina DeCampo just starred in the stage version of it. Oh, wow. And I'm absolutely gutted I didn't get to see it. Yeah, no. it's it's queer, it's punk, it's ahead of its time, it's rock and roll. It Amazing. Is, yeah, it's brilliant. It's Do you brilliant. know, I only watched last year Rocky Horror for the first time. That's criminal, isn't it, right? What? It was so... I just was so shocked how kind of forward it was and progressive. Like for the seventies, it was quite a. Oh yeah, it's very it's very gay, isn't it? Yeah, but I just for that time, it's just like I just can't imagine. It was so well received and obviously a very popular film. But of that time, I was just really shocked how mm. how out there it was. You know, um, maybe because it's a bit like a pantomime, isn't it? With everyone chanting yeah. and shouting along and saying the, their audience bits. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. And Meatloaf randomly coming through on his bike. And it's just all a bit bizarre, isn't it? It's just a weird thing. Oh, yeah, Meatloaf. Oh, yeah, yeah. and he, he was great in Fight Club as well, wasn't he? He was a great actor. Oh, that's a great film. There's some, there's some films that I <laughs> haven't watched and people say, why haven't you watched that? And I'm like, I just, mm. I don't know. I tend to stick to the same things all the time. I just like, you know, I like what I like. I did watch a really good film the other week, actually, um, and I did actually interview the author um, a couple of weeks ago, S.J. Watson, and it was Before I Go to Sleep with Nicole Kidman. <gasps> I read film. that book. Yeah, he's I've a not... Brighton author. He's amazing. Oh, it's a brilliant book, but I haven't Ooh. seen the film. The oh, film is incredible. It's got um, Colin Firth, Mark Strong and Nicole Kidman. It's really, really good. Colin Firth, it was a gritty part for him to play and he pulled it off. He was amazing. Oh, I, so, yeah. I need to see Colin Firth pulling it off. Yeah, <laughs> you absolutely <laughs> do. <laughs> Weekend complete. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> and finally, one piece of advice for any aspiring writers or podcasters. Work at it. It's not easy. You have to keep going, don't you? You have to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. But pick something you're passionate about because, you know, it's, the, it's a cliche, isn't it? But, you know, if you do something you love, you never work a day in your life. Do you know, I agree. I think if you, yeah, that's right. If you like this podcast, I absolutely love. I love the conversations. And I think because I've got passion for the topic, it's so much like fun to make make it it's not work do you know what i mean yeah so, i think that's really really important isn't it you've got to pick a good topic if you pick something you're not really not interested in you'll be bored it's yeah. just no and I, ju I i just find people fascinating i mean literally i did an interview just before um i was speaking to you tonight i was chatting to a guy who is going to be on season four of coming out stories who's in new york and i as soon Ooh. as he started talking i was just like oh i just love this i just love it so much i'm just sat here in my little back bedroom in manchester and i'm chatting to this amazing man in manhattan and he's Amazing. got this really cool life and he's written this book and you know he's telling me all about coming out to his mother in 1985 and I'm, I'm getting to hear this story it's incredible it's just brilliant so I love incredible. it yeah. I mean this episode is not coming out until the new year actually this one mm -hmm. so can you give us any sneak guess because by this time I guess you'd have had a few episodes out so anyone you can mention uh, um, that will have already have happened, won't they? Yeah, so season four, I've, yeah, absolutely. I, well, look out for Jackson. Jackson is a really cool trans man from Wigan who I met when I was making a documentary about LGBT people inside prison. Okay. Um, Jackson's actually a prison officer um, and worked in a prison as a female, then left and then went back as a man and had previously done tours of Iraq had worked in the army wow. and said that he'd rather have gone back to Iraq than have to walk into prison again as a man but he wow. did and it was the best thing he ever did wow. so that's a really powerful story from a mm. trans trans man um, 
also got my first guest from Malaysia, which is a country where it's illegal to be gay. Wow. Um, Yo-Yo, she's called. She's a lesbian. She ended up marrying um, somebody from Ireland, so she's ended up coming to this country. Wow. Um, well, Ireland, but I met her in, in England. And she runs, or did run, an LGBT organisation in a country where it's illegal to be gay. So wow. just hearing the ins and outs of how they managed to organise that on a very underground level was That's fast. incredible. Yeah. fascinating yeah, yeah so absolutely. really really good really not good but interesting to hear from someone where who's from a country where it is illegal to be gay mm. you know really i really think good. for me when you t hear stories like that you kind of realize how as queer people how tenacious we are and how much we i don't know how strong we are and we we do have this superpower where we sometimes it's really tough but sometimes we really do make it work and we're brave and i i don't know i'd like those kind of stories are just incredible to hear aren't they um yeah, they're, they're so inspiring that's mm. why i just i that's why i love doing the podcast because i just get to meet these people who are so inspiring they absolutely. really they really are absolutely yeah thank you so much emma it's been amazing i've absolutely loved speaking with you and um yeah i can't wait for people to hear this episode it's been incredible oh god bless you andrew and thank you oh, for asking me thank you so much my darling Oh, Emma, thank you so much for that conversation. It was amazing. I really did love it. Please check out her podcast, Coming Out Stories, and get a copy of the book as well. It's an incredible read. Big thank you to Emma for coming onto the podcast. You can follow Coming Out Stories on Instagram, and you can follow Emma on Twitter. But once again, thank you for listening to Queer I Am, the podcast. Until next time. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. My handle is at FluiActually. You can also check out my website, fluiactually.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.